Hi there, and welcome to Drunk History Presents The Dark Ride, a Disney Parks podcast hiding in a drinking game. Here we will talk about and rate all of your favorite and not-so-favorite rides and attractions, and maybe catch some interesting facts along with our buzz. My name is Ryan Beaver, and I'm here with my co-host, Adrian Hamilton. We are two diehard fans of the House of Mouse, and we started the show because we know that cool people like this stuff too. So we're here to normalize all you adulting Disney files and have a few adult beverages while we're at it. And now that that's out of the way, let's find out what we're going to be talking about. All right, space people, today we'll be heading to the Luca Land of MGM to ride that to a ride that will blast you through comments comments faster than we receive angry comments. If you miss Pee Wee Herman in space, you are not alone. Let's get into it on Star Tours: The Adventure Continues. Star Tours announces the boarding of the Endor Express. Non-stop star speeder service to the moon of Endor. All passengers, please prepare for immediate boarding. Welcome aboard. All right. Cool. Welcome aboard, Adrian. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. We're going to space. We're going to space. We're going to go see Luke and Leia and Chewie. Wait. Oh, the whole gang. No, we're not. (laughs) So uh, this this is a podcast with a drinking problem. Uh, and in order to have a drinking problem, we need some drinks. So, uh, today we are going to pretend that we're going to Oga's Cantina. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, but we couldn't get in cause like we couldn't get the reservation. So we were forced to just like drink out of like the, whatever drink we brought to the park with us on our backpack. Oh, we're and that drink people. today will be called a Kylo Rye. This is a uh, this is a uh, a drink that has my namesake in it, which makes me very happy. And uh, it's a drink that's courtesy of Liquor.com, um, the and the uh, the Star Wars loving bartenders in the tasting room at Ben Stillery in Bend, Oregon. And uh, to make this drink, you will need three ounces of rye whiskey, half an ounce of fresh lime juice. Uh, some club soda to top it off, and uh, and just a, a twist of lime. So not not too not too crazy of a drink this time. No no, uh, no Midori. I didn't have to like yeah. use a lighter. I didn't have to heat anything up. I didn't have to you know get any dry ice. I mean this is exciting. Well, I haven't told you how to prepare it yet. So oh, know, okay. wait wait till you get the method of prepare of preparation. Uh, uh, actually, it's it's really easy. You're just gonna shake uh, shake with ice for 15 seconds and then strain it into a Collins glass. And fill that glass with uh, club soda and enjoy it. So uh, now that we've got our drink in our hands, what is that drink within? So well, what are, you, uh, what are you drinking out of today, Adrian? I'm gonna come out of the dark side a little bit to the audience here and say that something you already know, Ryan. I'm a big Darth Vader fan. Big fan of the dark side. Yep, big evil person. Cool. <laughs> So, um, I'm drinking out of my favorite Darth Vader mug. It is the Darth Vader cap, and on the back it says... Did you just call it a cap? Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. His helmet? His you're, helmet. Call it, you're calling it a cap? No, like, I want to make him a little nicer. A helmet sounds yeah. like he's bad or something. That's like 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 uh, like Anakin Vader would be like, oh, I got my little, my, my little Vader got cap. His little, his little cap. I mean, I think yeah. Darth Vader would fully kill me if he heard me refer to his helmet as... <laughs> as a cap but on the back it says feeling a little on the dark side oh and that's how i feel (laughs) this is my cap 
<laughs> Don't talk dirty to me, Ryan. <laughs> Uh, I'm also drinking out of a Star Wars mug, my uh, my Ice Planet Hoth mug from Episode Five. Um, I, I drink out of this mug on this show quite a bit because it's it's big and beautiful, and I love it. And it fits lots of uh, Kylo Rise in it. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Well, you know, may the drink be with you. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. Okay, so uh, let's uh, let's get into it. We'll cover some basics uh, and some facts, and uh, and then we'll get to playing the game. So uh, this ride is is named the is named Star Tours. Uh, Dash the adventure continues. Uh, it takes over from Star Tours, uh, which was a, a nearly opening day attraction at, at um, Disney MGM Studios before uh, before they dropped the MGM and just took Hollywood Studios. Um, it is smack dab in the center, uh, of Lucasland USA. Uh, and, uh, Lucasland is what I'm now calling the area on the Eastern edge of the park where both Indiana Jones and Star Wars properties are showcased because those ah. are Lucas properties. That's... Yeah. So now that's Lucasland to me. And I didn't realize rock. that until today. <laughs> so I don't like the fact that Star Tours is not in Galaxy's Edge. Well, would you want them to do like move it? I mean, I think they should have made the front of Galaxy's Edge further I, up. I do have to say, like, it would be freaking amazing if you exited, instead of, like, after you exited through the gift shop, you were on your way to, to Batu. Like, you, like, yeah. walked out of the gift shop on your way to Batu, like, you just landed. And you, like, you, that, entered, you entered through the ats or whatever, but then you, like, landed and, well, and like, walked to, towards, like, uh, I don't know, towards like Flight of the Resistance or whatever. That's that's pretty amazing. Rise of yeah. Resistance. What I call it, Flight, flight, oh, of, flight of the Navigator. You combined <laughs> the two big the two big rides, Flight of Passage with Rise of the Resistance. Yeah, flight yeah. of the Resistance, which is actually a probably great... the most badass game, badass, <laughs> badass ride ever. Um. So uh, this this attraction is not only in uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios; it's also in uh, four. Other parks, uh, Disneyland, where its uh, first inception uh, was, and that was in 1987. Uh, Disneyland Paris, Hong Kong, and Tokyo also have versions of this. Uh, this is the only one where it's not in the Magic Kingdom. So it's it's always in Tomorrowland or like some variation of Tomorrowland. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it fits the Hollywood Studios thing, though. Totally, yeah. It fit, I mean, it belongs right in Lucasland, as far as I'm concerned. Truth. Um, it uh, so the Adventures Continues uh, was premiered in May twentieth, twenty eleven, which was you know just just like three weeks after May the fourth, uh, which you know like why would you not open it up on May the fourth and you open it up on May twentieth? I mean, that was not smart no no horrible horrible um this is similar to its predecessor the original version of star tours uh was like half a year late after the opening of mgm studios so mgm studios opened in the summer um and uh and space uh, star tours didn't open until mid-december 1989 so it was like you know four months late or something um what is this ride? It is a classic 3D motion simulator ride where you take flight off to far off exotic spaces within the Star Wars universe. 
um, and uh, run into some trouble along the way where you have to uh, join the Rebel Alliance and defeat the dark side. No. <laughs> so let's hear some interesting and not so interesting facts about this ride. Uh, the original film for Star Tours uh, was shot on 70 millimeter film by George Lucas and his team at ILM, Industrial Light and Magic. Uh, it was all done with practical effects, just like the original trilogy was done. Um, the man behind the ride was Imagineer Tony Baxter. Oh. Cheers to the Imagineers! That's a good one, Tony Baxter. Uh, Tony's Tony's my hero. Yeah. Um, Tony Baxter, uh, you know, uh, it was actually Tony Baxter and Marty Sklar, which are two, like, just giants in the just, Imagineering world. Yeah, the um, Mount Everest of, of Imagineers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, so what happened was Tony was uh, originally tasked with creating a ride for the, the 70s Disney film, The Black Hole. Uh, but that movie was a giant flop. And uh, and Tony was able to spin the ride, uh, the idea for a ride based on like space goings uh, and, and sell Disney on working with George Lucas and doing a Star Wars project. And this was the first time that Disney had ever branched out and licensed IP. Um, now they had just worked with George on Captain EO. They, they had like a pretty good relationship with him. Uh, George was the, the writer and producer of Captain EO and Francis Ford Coppola was the director, if I, if memory serves correctly, uh, okay. which was the, the Michael Jackson 3d movie in, in, uh, in Tomorrowland, in Disneyland, and and Epcot, um, for in Florida, which maybe we'll get to. I think we have to do like a like a defunct ride series at some. I think so. I think yeah. we owe it to ourselves. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Plus, <laughs> I love I love all those things, and just to be able to watch all those old uh, YouTube videos of, of these things will be incredible. Yeah, like the ride throughs and everything. Uh, so. Uh, so basically, you know, Disney decided, okay, we'll, we'll work, we'll do a Star Wars thing. And Tony's trying to figure out like ideas on how to sell this idea. And he comes up with this, this really crazy idea of like a, a roller coaster where you can pick being on the light side or the dark side and uh, it, like all this wild stuff. And then they realize like, oh, we don't have the room because this, this is going to premiere in Disneyland. Oh, we don't have the room for this. It needs to fit in the space that is currently occupied by uh, adventures in inner space which was like a monsanto uh like shrink ray gun where you like shrunk down and went through the human body um kind of like like a precursor to body wars oh which, i was gonna which say is, which I'm is feeling... like this ride which is kind of you know it's all circular right like it all goes and yeah. all goes right back around um so tony works up this idea he had he had ridden um a motion simulator he was invited out to like a military base uh, where they were like, like wanted to sell him the idea of using these in rides. Uh, the whoever was running the the motion simulator company or whatever, and so they uh, they bring him, they give him the idea to like, you know, let's use this. But everybody who wrote it that day threw up, and so he was like, I, I don't think we're there yet. And that was uh, you know a few years before Star Wars really got going, and while they were planning on still doing a roller coaster for it. So you know, in the years that come come through. Tony decides, like, okay, yeah, we can do uh, a motion simulator ride. The technology is now here. And, you know, starts drawing up all these plans on how, you know, you're going to be, 
you know, brought into like a rebel, uh, a rebel uh, space crash and everything like that, and has to sell the idea to Mike Eisner, who's Disney's new CEO. And so Mike Eisner, who's, uh, you know, fresh from Paramount and like only knows the movie industry, really. And he wants to, he like, he knows that the Disney parks are like an untapped resource that could be like a real boom for the company, but doesn't know how to do it. And all he knows is that like Disney parks are synonymous with kids, like little kids. And he needs it to be more synonymous with like full family and teenagers, like, like entertainment for all. And so he, he, Mike Eisner brings his son Breck into the meeting. And he's basically like, Tony, you have to sell your idea to this 12 year old. Wow. So, so Tony, so Tony does this presentation where he sells the idea and gets, and this idea gets greenlit by Breck Eisner, some like snotty little twelve year old who was like, <laughs> "Fuck yeah, Disney! I want to, I want to play the Star Wars figures all day. I want to fly in a, in a Millennium Falcon." I mean, it's probably wow. the easiest thing you ever had to sell ever because like Star Wars sells itself to twelve year olds, but, sure. um, but pretty amazing, and uh, and that's how we got like this this amazing. Uh, motion simulator ride and uh yeah like that's that's like how this thing came to be is like through through a 12 year old that's amazing yeah so um so let's go through some other facts robot facts you like robot facts you know i love robot facts they like them too <laughs> they <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh although we're flown around today by c3po Originally, we were throw, flown around by Rex, which is our bumbling, accident-prone first-time captain who was voiced by Paul Rubens, otherwise known as Pee-wee Herman. Right. That's right, yeah. So Pee-wee I... Herman was our original captain on Star Tours. I uh, mean... And today, if you're feeling nostalgic, you can still uh, hang out with Rex. You can find him spinning the ones and twos over at Oga's Cantina in Galaxy's Edge. Oh, that's the same animatronic. That's the same. It's the same dude, like the same character. I don't think it's the same animatronic. I think this um, the new animatronic is probably a lot better. I mean, than... new, that animatronic is dope. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, but it is the same voice. Paul Rubens did come back to reprise his role as as Rex in it. I'm glad. I'm glad Paul Rubens has things to do because I I think he's underappreciated. Yeah, totally. Yeah, he's he's awesome. And if you think about like the time, I mean, I don't want to get into like Paul Rubens' past and like weird stuff that happened, but. Uh, but like, if you think about the timing of the Star Tours and stuff, it's kind of amazing that Disney didn't pull him because it was like pretty... that was an interesting choice of words. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, well, for for the boys and girls uh, listening that don't know, Paul Rubens had a uh, a a little mishap in a theater, and that's all I'm going to say. You're going to have to do some googling on your own. Yeah, but I mean, for all intents and purposes, let's just say that like. He was in a theater that was for that type of cinema. Like, where would we be comfortable with somebody with Paul Rubens pulling on himself than in a theater that that's what that was for? Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's a yeah. it's a conspiracy. Yeah, they were just trying to take Pee Wee down. Yeah, they just take didn't Pee-wee like Pee Wee down by the pee pee. I get it. Yeah. Um, anyway, I like you, Paul Rubens. No, he's awesome. And if you haven't seen the new Pee Wee Herman uh, that came out like uh, two years ago or so, it's incredible. So I highly recommend. Uh, our boy Patrick Warburton's back. That's right. He's another robot. Uh, he has a speaking role while you're in the queue of the ride. He's like the one that's like checking you in at the top of the, the little ramp. Um, mm-hmm. You'll remember Patrick Warburton as the voice of Soren. He's our, uh, he's our uh, I don't know, intro guy. He's our flight captain yeah flight captain 
<laughs> I don't know if that's the right word. But but I didn't want to say something. flight attendant. He's he's our flight attendant. He's, he's our yeah. He's he's our host. Yeah, host with the most putty. Love him. Uh, the originals, uh, the origins of your favorite uh, robots from the queue. Uh, which kind of like just jump around and, and like, I don't know, move boxes uh, was America Sings where they took some geese and ripped all their feathers off and they were like, oh, these robots will do. And they just like stuck them in there. And, oh. and uh, so like this America Sings has has like actually gifted itself to quite a few rides. Um, all of the Splash Mountain characters, not all, a lot of the Splash Mountain characters were also um reused animatronics from the uh from America Sings. Oh. Yeah. Which was like uh Mickey's Philhar Magic, you know, way before that existed. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um so what else we got for robots? Uh the C3PO and the R2D2 that are in the loading bay when you first walk into the building uh in California at Disneyland, those are original movie props that have been uh They've gotten like the guts of animatronics put into them, but like those were like screenshot. Really? Yeah. Get out of town. Nope. Get I'm, out of the galaxy. I'm staying right here in town. <laughs> All right, that's probably enough. Uh, enough. Enough with the robots, right? Um, <laughs> here's uh, here's some weirdness off of the uh, the D23 fan page that I found. Uh, while you're waiting in the Star Tours uh, queue. Uh, and watching the R two D two and C three PO bicker with each uh, with each other, if you listen to some of the announcements, you'll hear uh, two names get paged. You'll hear uh, Igrog Sockle and Mott War uh, Warum. Get the marbles out of your mouth. All right. So <laughs> exactly. So these are actually two names that are backwards, and those are the names of George Lucas for Egrug Sokul, the creator of Star Wars, and Tom Morrow. That's what? right. Our boy Tom Morrow makes an appearance. The name of the host of various Disney's attractions, including Interventions, The Flight to the Moon, and the man being paged in the People Mover. Mr. Tom Morrow. Paging Mr. Morrow. <laughs> That's cool. I like that fact. Um, in the original version, a version pass, uh, which was like Star Tours, you know, the original one, passengers rode in a vehicle named the Star Speeder 3000. Now, this new attraction actually takes place before the original film. It takes place after the prequels. So uh, these are the Star Speeder 1000s. They like took them back. Took him back a couple of years. Um, okay. Yeah. So once you embark on your journey uh, in the Star Speeder 1000, there are many different combinations that will create a, re a unique ride experience for you. In fact, the ride sequence is randomized. Uh, guests riding Star Tours will experience four out of 21 different segments during each journey. Um, so this gives the Star, uh, Star Tours like a, a crazy advantage of being you know, a super highly repeatable ride that is like consistently surprising and yet familiar at the same time because you're going through the same paces, but you'll be seeing completely new stuff. And even if you've gone to Endor six times, you're going to have something else about your journey will be different. So game time. I call this one around the world. All right, Adrian, how many different ride combination uh, are there within the 
Star Tours Adventure continues. Uh, loser drinks 10. Winner drinks 5. I guess okay, I'll, be the, I'll, that be, seems I'll be the excessive, winner. I'll be the winner in this situation. <laughs> so, uh, I, I'm going to take a cue from the last time we played games and just make... These are all like random numbers except for the, the right one. So, okay. are the these are the different combinations. Is it 384, 563, 722, or 1138? 1138. No. 1138 was the name of George Lucas's first film, THX 1138. <laughs> <laughs> there's actually, there's, there's 384 different combinations that you could, uh, that you could experience on that. Record. And there's 10 more sips for me. Yes. 10 more for you, five for me. Enjoy. So during the during the ride, um, a rebel spy uh, gets announced uh, that Vader's looking for. So Vader comes never, and stops here. I've never been the rebel spy. I'm really I've been the rebel spy. Of course you have. You look like the type. You know it. I mean, I, I have a very spyish face. <laughs> um. So the rebel spy, the rebel spy is actually selected by the cast member. It's not a randomized thing. So the cast member that's letting you in and like checking your safety belts and everything, if you're nice to them, maybe you'll be the rebel spy. Also, an important detail is to know is that there's a selection button while they're selecting on their little touchpad to pick the picture and to crop to crop it appropriately so it'll fit, uh, which selects the person's gender. So the hologram uses the correct pronouns. Okay. Yeah. So like they'll be like, "Oh, it's him," or "Oh, it's her," and they or it's they. Yeah, I don't know that Disney would pick uh, individuals that they might be worried would uh, associate differently that way. I don't know. I bet you it's like in the bylaws. Like, I like, bet you that's going to change real soon. Yeah, maybe they maybe they, they might change all the pronouns. maybe they change all the pronouns to, to like they them. That wouldn't be all yeah, that horrible. That wouldn't be bad. Huh. That wouldn't be all that horrible at all. So were those interesting facts? I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Um, yeah, they were great. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about some of our initial memories and thoughts. Adrian, what do you uh, what do you got from this one? I have a very this has a very uh, special place in my little cold dark heart uh, because when I've mentioned before, I was a cast member in two thousand, and I worked at the ABC commissary, which is on Commissary Lane, and when I'd have to enter the park. I have to enter as close as, as possible to my location, which happened to be where Star Tours was. So I'd enter right where Star Tours was. And it would just be this moment where I, if my shift started at nine, I mean, the park opened at nine, but my shift started at eight. Like I'd be there before the park opened and I'd hear the, the Star Wars music as I'm walking to my job. And I was like the only person there. And I just remember all these moments of like being like, I got to take this in because this is so special. Like hearing that music would really like get me emotional. Well, especially back then. Right. Cause like in 2000 differently than Disney today, like Disney today, you can't walk five feet without hearing star Wars music. It's yeah. taken over the world. Yeah. But back then, like that's the only place that you would see star Wars. It's the only place that star Wars merch would be. It's like that it was, was isolated. That yeah. little chunk of, of the world. 
was Star Wars and everything else was Disney. And now everything else is Star Wars and, you know. Right. And that Star Wars area kind of had, like, I was always a big fan of the E.T. ride at Universal. And there's something about that Star Wars area that had that feel to me. And I totally remember walking under the A.T. and, like, just looking up at it as I'd walk to work and be like, hey, buddy. Like, it was like it was mine. It was like my pet, you know. Because those things look like pets. Like, they're actually modeled after elephants, real elephants. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I have an emotional attachment to this ride in terms of, like, its location and its and the feel of it because of that. I, I'm, I'm totally, uh, I totally get that. I totally get yeah. that. I wish that I, uh, you know, had a similar experience uh, working-wise, you know. Um I uh, I don't I, like I I don't have any like specific uh, memories from this. Um, it was it was just always like the supreme family ride. We would go to Disney with um, with another family, sometimes with multiple families, um, mm-hmm. and it's it was like the great equalizer. You know, like everybody found everybody could find something to enjoy on that ride. Um, yeah, you know it's. It's a bit thrilling. It's a bit funny. Uh, you know, there's good storage for your 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 goods. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like you're not sitting there having to like hold everything the entire time. Um, you know, there, it's like something that like a six year old and a thirty six year old can equally find enjoyable. Um, yeah, that's like it's kind of that's kind of like Star Wars, I guess, in general, right? Like it's for sure. Yeah, it's like this equalizer behind it. I do know. I do have a bad story about it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Not particularly this one in Hollywood Studios, but when we went to uh, Disneyland Paris, my sister and I went on Star Tours there, and Disneyland Paris, like, most of the year it's cold there, because Paris is kind of cold. We happened to go on the most gorgeous, beautiful summer day. Like, they, they were filming in the park because the sky was so blue, and they don't normally have it like that, so there were all these signs around when we were there, like, we will be filming. If you don't want to be filmed, leave because we're going to be filming today so like that so it was actually a hot day and in that park they don't really use air conditioning because they don't need it it's never so hot that they need air conditioning so all these rides that you're used to like going in and getting that blast of air conditioning it doesn't happen in Disneyland Paris this one in Florida like it is supreme for that blast of cold air and you need it because of what I'm about to say (laughs) so it was like we go on Star Tours the exact same ride but we're in the in the simulation vehicle and there's no air conditioning and it feels like it's 100 degrees in there and it's very stuffy and you could it's like it was like hot breath my sister got like violently sick on it she will never go on that ride again after that experience at the one in Disneyland Paris like she sees this one now she's like I hate that ride I'll never go on it but it's it was just a bad experience at Disneyland Paris because it was she got like so sick because it was just way too hot on that ride. So I would say if you're going to Disneyland Paris, I don't think it's a great idea to go there in the summer. Even though it'll be beautiful, it's there's no air conditioning. Just beware. Yeah. I wonder if they've fixed that since. Maybe like... This wasn't that long ago. I want to say this was five five years ago. Well, there's there's no excuse for that then. Yeah. I think it's just not normal. I think we went there on the on the one hot day that ever was. Yeah. <laughs> you would still think that they would want, like, air conditioning inside those cabins, though. Yeah. I, I don't understand why there's just nothing. Like, no ventilation. Yeah, that's... that's. 
I don't like that. It's <laughs> also like part kind of. It's also part kind of like where everything's kind of like not everything, but a lot of things are closed, which you don't experience at like our American Disney parks. Like Except you don't for right see now. like what? <laughs> yeah, right, right now, now you probably. See, but you don't see like Pecos Bills is closed. Like you don't see that. You sure. know, like in ours, it's like. But there, a lot of things are closed a lot of the times. All right. Well. um that's interesting, and I'll have yeah. to keep in mind on that when I finally do get to go to one of Disney's most uh, touted as beautiful parks. So, it's beautiful. Um, I don't know. What do you think? You want to drink that ride? I'm ready to drink this ride. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's let's get into it. I love that. Yeah. That's from uh, John Williams' uh, Star Wars A New Hope uh, motion picture soundtrack, I guess. Nope, I'll take that back. That's from the Legend Collection at Disneyland. Okay. All right. So, uh, we're going to play Drink That Ride. It is a, uh, a Drink the Difference game uh, where we rate... Uh, the ride in a different uh, set of different categories. There's five different categories and we rank them out of a set amount of points and we drink the difference. So if the category is Q and it's worth five points and you rate it a three, then you're going to be drinking two, uh, two seconds, two shots, two sips, two whatever you figure out that you want to do. So uh, we leave that part up to you. And the categories are Q, which is worth five points, length of ride, which is five points, the thrill level, which is also five points. Then we do immersion, which includes sights, sounds, and the ride vehicle, etc. That's worth 10 points. And then finally, uh, we do the fun level, which is kind of the dark horse category, Disney selling fun, and, uh, and you know, how much fun are you having on this ride? Are we buying? So, so first of all, I want to get this out of the way. We are both fans of Star Wars. Uh, during this quarantine, I watched every single Star Wars thing, uh, including the uh, including the holiday special, to my to my great chagrin. Um, but I'm kind of a little bit curious. You know, this this it's going to have an advantage, right? This ride has an advantage from the get go because of its because of its nature and its IP. But I'm a little bit curious because in this ride, you always help the rebels at the end. And I know that that might make you a little bit upset, Adrian, because as you mentioned earlier, you're an evil person and you love the dark side and you have a penchant for a certain black clad father figure that you love. Hmm, well, we will see. I don't know. It could, it could affect it. Don't sabotage this thing because of the rebels. Don't let that sabotage You don't know I points. might be... <laughs> I might be the dark side spy. <laughs> you might be the spy. If the cast member chose you, you might be the spy. Yeah, they never chose me because they know I'm the bad guy. All right, so let's start at the start, and that's the queue. Um, you know, like, you you show up, and there's uh, there's uh, at-ats outside in a full-scale a full scale Endorian Ewok village. Uh, there's a, a speeder. There's, like, a, you know, a, a speeder bike outside. 
across the street for photo ops. There's uh, there's a full speeder ship as soon as you walk in. There's tons of robots everywhere. This this queue has like so many memories for me. I really love it. You get blasted with that cold air. Uh, there's like if you turn around at the right place, there's Admiral Akbar just like hanging out, mm -hmm. which is killer. Yeah. Um, yeah. This this queue is sick. I love this queue. Like I said, I love the outside of it. It has that ET feel of something about it. The, the and I hear like the the sounds in the bushes and stuff like that. You're underneath the AT, and then when you get inside, you're walking up those ramps. Those like it, it has that feel that Space Mountain has, where you're like going up these ramps and stuff like that. And I I love seeing C3PO up there tinkering around whatever he's doing, sort of telling you what's what's ahead. It's a little outdated, but I love it. Yeah, I totally love it. Um, and like it's so funny. Like, like there's so much yeah. humor built into the queue. Um, the the theoretical hourly capacity of this ride is uh, is eighteen hundred. The operational is sixteen twenty. So like okay, that's good. So like they're pumping a lot of people through. So the 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 queue tends to like not. It doesn't. I don't feel like you're ever like waiting in the same place for all that long. You know, like no. those ramps, like. You know, like you're there for a while, but like there feels like there's enough to see as you're walking. It's always sort of moving. You're never just yeah. like standing there unless yeah. it breaks down. Exactly. Um, and I don't know that I've ever had to wait outside, at least not more than like for like a very short period. And right now it's one of these rides where it's like it's never more than a 10 minute wait. You don't need a fast pass for this even like it is always under 15 minutes. Yeah. Which is totally worth it. But we'll get into that later. Um, so what do you think, Adrian, out of Q? Um, I think this Q fucks. I like it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's too. not a five because we know there are great there are great Qs out there that make Disney Disney. Uh, it's a little outdated. I agree with you. It's funny. I, I if you're in if you get the jokes, I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a four. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm, you know, it's, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm, I actually gave it, uh, like a 4.5. So I'm going to push it up to five because, Ooh. uh, we do. Yeah, you got to round up. Tie, tie goes to the winner here. Um, so we both drink I, I, one. If you give it five, you drink one. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I think that it might be like the humor in it that puts it over the edge to me because I think about like a lot of these other, you know, top tier Q lines like Tower of Terror or Pandora. And Rise. like, they're not funny. Like this thing, like you'll like, if you pay attention, you'll, you'll like actively laugh at some of the shit that they say. Like sure. these little droids, these little droids are hysterical. Yeah, no, it's funny. It's, it's, it's funny that it's pretty close by Muppets because Muppets is also like a funny. Totally, totally. Thing. So it, it's, yeah, it's making yeah. fun of itself. And I like that because there isn't like Star Star Wars is great, but it is also a little funny. Like, yeah, yeah. If you got to, you got to like put like a little tongue in cheek and, you know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, it's doing pretty good so far. Yeah. So far coming in, coming, starting, starting pretty hot. Uh, mm. All right. So length of ride is out of five points. Uh, it's a four minute and 30 second ride. And uh, that's, that's like, that's pretty good, especially cause there's, that's like the actual ride that when you're actually going, 
there's also like a lot of pomp and circumstance like in the loading and unloading process you know like you kind of you have like the time to look around and you know kind of enjoy yourself you're not you don't feel rushed you know like some of these like um like space mountain for example like like when it comes to like getting in that car into your like you know spaceship space rocket or whatever like you kind of feel rushed like oh shit i gotta get in there and get buckled up like right now people are waiting for me or like for you sure. know uh, or like uh, one of the Omni Mover rides where you're like, oh, if I fuck this up, like, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have to like go to the end and like come around again or something because like, right, this moving walkway is not going to stop for me. <clears throat> yeah, this the lo- the sitting. It's almost like you're getting into a theater. Yeah, you are kind of getting into like yeah, a little theater. Yeah. So I uh, I think that it's kind of I don't think that I want it to be any longer. I think it's kind of perfect. You get like a full story. Um, in fact, you get 384 different stories, I suppose, that are all kind of like perfectly laid out in their, you know, little, uh, yeah, little yeah. tale. Yeah, I don't want it any longer. No. Um, cause it's, it is one of those things where if you're on it any longer, you could even, even with the air conditioning, you could potentially get sick. I mean, these motion, motion simulators are simulating motion, which is what makes people sick. So any longer, wouldn't be good yes i agree any shorter you wouldn't get to like really get into the story yeah so what are you coming in with i'm gonna give it a four on length of ride i'm right there with you cheers yes you all right so this thing's doing all right so far it's doing okay technically do you think we might have a contender i mean we're it's it's too early let's after immersion after immersion we gotta talk and see if we have a contender I'm 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 hopeful. I'm hopeful right now. I don't know, man. <laughs> I I know where it falls. I I see it. You see it. You see it falling. <laughs> yep, we're coming up to it. <laughs> Thrill level. Thrill level. <laughs> the ride that took down Katie Doodlewin. <laughs> so, this is not a thrilling ride to me at all. I don't feel like it's. Um, well, let's let's realistic. Let me, let me tell you. Let me tell you what it what it's on. Okay, so okay. Uh, it's a motion simulator, like we said. It's a modified two screen Boeing seven forty seven flight simulator with audio animatronics synced to the film. Uh, it was made by uh, Red Diffusion Simulation Company, um, and each of these uh, simulator theaters uh, would cost originally when they were bought. They cost half a million dollars each. Um, and the, uh, the, the one that is used today is the same hydraulic motion based cabin, uh, and it's patented as advanced technology, technology, leisure application simulator known as Atlas. And it, it features several degrees of uh, freedom, including the ability to move, uh, 35 degrees in X, Y, and Z axis. So like it can move like almost like as much as your hand okay i'm not sold all right i don't think it's thrilling i don't think i i mean thrilling means that i get on there and i have a little bit of like thrill i mean i think that i have a thrill in like a funny way in like a cheerful way like when you go when when you first take off and the stars are coming at you like that's exciting i don't know if it's thrilling sure um, and 
yeah i just feel like uh, even even if we compare it to the millennium um we compare it to smuggler's run which is a better version of that like the the amount of like the the screen is more realistic sure i'm not thrilled that i'm not thrilled on that one either because i know ultimately that i'm in a a vehicle that's just moving slightly yeah so i'm i'm just a little too aware of the fact that i'm not really anywhere in the in these motion simulators in any motion simulator yeah i mean i um, I think that i'm i'm less thrilled in uh millennium falcon than i am with this one like this one kind of like bounces you around quite a bit like there's i don't know i i find this one relatively thrilling um, I, I'm going to give this a two on thrill. All right. Well, there goes our, there goes our chances. I mean, I don't at, think this, I'm this coming in at a, a three. I was almost going to 3.5, but I'll keep it at three. You brought up some good points. Cheers. Cheers. Three for you, two for me. What did you give it at home? Is it thrilling or is it not? Let us know. I think for people that, you know, get motion sickness, it's probably like the worst. Maybe not as bad as like Mission Space, but it's yeah. probably not fun. Yeah, for sure. Okay, immersion. These are the sights, the sounds, the ride vehicle. Uh, how realistic does it feel? Uh, in this case, you know, all of those different combinations so that the rewritability is massive. Um, you know, you kind of really feel like you're on a, uh, a, a tour someplace in the star Wars universe where you, you know, you're just hopping a, hopping a plane to, you know, Hoth, let me hop a plane to Hoth real quick. Okay. I mean, I will say that if you look at that state, like, like I said, it feels like you're going into a theater again, I'm going to compare it to the Falcon. I feel like the Falcon is a more realistic seat in a, like when you're, riding the falcon you feel like you're in actually in a seat that it could be the seat that you were driving the falcon in yeah but this one you're not supposed to be driving you're supposed to be sitting you're on the bus but, but when you're but that's that that doesn't feel like a bus to me it feels like a theater yeah i guess so for me it feels like you're you could be like uh on the bus and i like the rubber that they use on these seats on the handholds i mean I really this like ride rubber. is I know, I know what you're saying. I mean, this ride uh, is it, it is dated. I think it shows it a little bit. I don't think that they they are going to put any money into making it better. Besides maybe changing the um, changing the the screen story, um, but I don't know if it's uh, here's the thing. I think that the queue, I think everything but the ride vehicle is very immersive. I think the queue is very immersive. I think the outside is very immersive. So I'm going to give it, the points are going to go up. In terms of ride vehicle? Well, yeah, sure. I mean, I do think that, you know, when you, when the doors open, when you're loading in and the doors open and you walk in towards your vehicle on a little gangplank, the fact that you're looking at the vehicle, like in a garage setting, I think that's pretty cool. Like, you know, it, No, I agree with that. Yeah. I think everything is wrong. Everything is right, but the the vehicle itself. Like, I don't feel like the the vehicle takes me out. I just feel like I'm in a theater wearing a seatbelt. Yeah, with a grimy yellow tag. I got you. 
Yeah, like I don't, and then I gotta pull up on the seatbelt, like on the yellow tag that has been touched by a million people. Um, so there's a couple things that take me out. This, and also, like I said, like I feel like the size of that screen that we're looking at now, it feels dated because now I'm getting things that are so much more like panoramic mm. and kind of like, you know, like I'm, I'm just, we're in a different world. Than yeah. when this one came out. I mean, like, you know, but this one's still, it's got an animatronic that hangs out with you the entire time, flying your, flying it's your. great. Coat. And he turns around, he looks at you, he talks to you, he feels like he's like, as much as he can be, he's kind of there. Yeah. And I think the fact that they do pick a rebel spy and like they have the person's face on, like, I think that that's immersive because that's like a real time, it's a very present mm-hmm. uh, trick. So that's very immersive. So there's a lot of things that are very immersive, but I think the actual ride vehicle is not. So I got to deduct a couple points, um, but I'm still going to give it a great score for immersion because I think it was ahead of its time. It might be a little behind now, but it was initially. I'm going to give it a seven on immersion. Okay, you're acting. You're talking like you're coming in at five. I'm no. <laughs> I'm coming in one above you at eight. Okay. Cheers. I know. I. I. I, I know. You're right. I thought you were being was, a real hater all of a sudden. A real Vader hater. I was tinkering with a six. That's That was what was going on. Uh, but then I talked myself into a seven. See? Tinker Taylor. Tinker Taylor. Soldier Spy. Um, next comes fun. Okay, the fun level. The Dark Horse, as I said. Uh, he's selling fun. They're selling it for quite the pretty penny. Is it worth it? Uh, do they succeed in selling Ryan. fun? Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna stop. I'm just getting some scratch, so I'm gonna have you say that again. That section. You're talking, and there's like a scratch. Oh, the scratch is coming on me too. Yeah. Oh, okay. How about now? No, now it's gone. So I want you to start again. Where take like a breath, and then start again with talking about the fun. <laughs> okay. Okay, next level. Uh, the next, the next one we're gonna do is fun. The fun level. Disney selling fun. Uh, are they successful at this? Uh, you know, it's it's a lot of money to go to Disney, and you know, after you go on this attraction, like, do you find it like, oh yeah, this ticket was totally worth it? Um, and I think with this one, I totally love this ride. Like, this ride is fun. It's funny. It's fun. You get the rewritability is huge. You can ride this thing four times during your stay and have a different experience each time, which I think is awesome. Um, I'm totally into it. Uh, before I give uh, before I give my points, uh, Adrian, I'll, I'll have uh, well, actually, before Adrian talks about it, let's uh, let's look at where we are now after uh, after the first four four rounds. Um, yeah. We are. Uh, looking at a score of 18.5 out of uh, out of 25, so it's doing pretty pretty damn good. It's doing uh, good. Yeah, pretty damn good. And uh, I'm at 20, and you're at 17. Okay. Yeah. Respectable scores. Respectable scores. So we're going in, uh, going into this last one. The last, the fun levels were 25 points. So it's like it's the dark horse, and. Uh, and where do you think where do you think we are? What do you think about this ride for fun level? You know, I'm gonna be honest, just to digress. I'm surprised that 
you are as big of a fan of this ride as you are. As I, I didn't know this going in. <laughs> um, I think this is a great ride. I don't know if it's the best ride. I would have never thought it would possibly be a contender for the best ride. I mean, it's it's great. I think there's a reason that it only has a 10-minute wait, though. I think it's a little dated. Um, but you know me. Like, I like that dated part. I do. I like. Do I like the cheese factor of it. That that's like, that's part of it for me. So I mean, like, I, I, I do too. I mean, like, if I, you know, if if I have all the rides at one point in front of me and I'm ranking them, you know, am I get ever am I ever going to put this one in the top, you know, in the top five? No, probably not. But like, as we go through these categories, I'm like, and we're ranking it on each of these different categories, like. It's a contender. It's it's totally a contender. And like when you think about it as uh, like synonymous with your Disney experience, like I absolutely think of this ride as synonymous with my Disney experience. Yeah. Um, I think that something that happens and I encourage people at home to try this, but I think like in researching these rides, when you see the, like when you have all the information in front of you, and you just see like all these things that you wouldn't notice with the naked eye, you almost fall in love with them a little bit more. Cause you're just like, this is oh. way bigger than I even thought it was. I mean, dude, you're fully in love with Kilimanjaro Safari right now. Yeah. I mean, last week we did Kilimanjaro Safari and I, I was researching it and I was like, I, I feel like I wasn't fully grateful enough for the experience as I've, as I could have been because of what I learned of what a mega production that is. Absolutely. I'm, I'm actually very excited for, you know, once the pandemic uh, cools its jets and we can get back into the park and to, to experience this thing with the, the fresh, the fresh eyes of somebody who's now spent a stupid amount of time doing research on these dumb, on these dumb rides. Um, yeah, it's going to be it's it'll be a very nice uh, experience for sure. But I think the the equalizer here, which I think is good, is that and how we do it is that we have one person research it and the other person every we switch if anyone's noticing and one person researches it and the other person just drinks the ride. I think the that's good because it equalizes the falling in love aspect of it sure. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think that right now, I think you're in. You you research this ride, spent a lot of time with this ride, getting to know it on a deep level. I haven't dated this ride the level that you have. Oh, me and this ride are fucking. <laughs> you guys are exclusive. Yeah, we fucking. <laughs> um. So, I will say that I have a great time on this ride. Uh, do I ever get off it and go? I'm gonna get back in the queue. No. Is it? A ride that I'm like, I can't wait to get to Hollywood Studios to get on Star Tours. No. Um, so I think that I have to give this ride a 15 on fun. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. 15 on fun. Now, do you, okay. Like, so like, like that's, I understand that that's your feeling upon going to the park mm-hmm. right like it's it's not your you know it's not your top tier especially not now i mean that that park's got um you know that park's a lot different than the last time um, yeah that i was there you know it's got two new lands and it's got 
you know, three new rides, three new, it's got, you know, four new marquee attractions. Sure. Um, you know, including Toy Story Land and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway and, and the Star Wars. Uh, the two boat. Star Wars rides. Yeah, the two better Star Wars rides. <laughs> I guess like that right there, uh, you know, that's that's where you come from it with is like the, there's two better Star Wars rides at this park. Yeah. Yeah, where I don't I don't feel that way. Um, I think that this, I think that this may be, and this is controversial, but like, I think that this may be the most fun Star Wars ride that's in that park. Now it's not it the, it's not the best Star Wars ride in that park, not even close. But I think that it might be the most fun. I agree with you that it doesn't take itself as seriously as the yeah. other two rides. However, the other two rides are, in my opinion, phenomenal. And I have a lot of fun. I think that Smuggler's Run is funny. I think that what's his name? What's the dude's name? Hondo. Hondo. Hondo He's fun. like making jokes the whole entire time. Yeah. I mean, I, but I just have a good, I have a great time with that. I get off of that ride and I want to immediately go right back on it. Yeah. I don't have that feeling about Star Tours. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I hear you. Um, I, uh, you know, I, 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 look, this is not a, it's not 25 points for me, but it's, uh, it's up there and it's 19. So. Okay. 19 I get. Yeah. Cheers. You yeah. can drink six. I'll drink. Ten. Yeah, get on it. Enjoy that Kylo <laughs> Rye slurp. <laughs> oh, that was, that was a lot better. That was a lot. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Composure. Composure. <laughs> All right, so um, is this a must do? Uh, absolutely, this is a must do for me. In in uh, whenever I'm in MGM, I used to call it that other thing. Um, it's uh, I think that it's a must do, like for nostalgia. Um, I do wish that, like, I kind of like the original better. Um, I do too. Yeah, like I, I really liked Rex and like his like uh, you know like not knowing where the brakes are or how to drive the thing. Like it was just a lot cuter and more fun than C-3PO. Mm -hmm. C-3PO is kind of a drag. Um, so, which is, I he's gave a, 20 he's points a gay icon, and then in my head, right? I was like, C-3PO is a drag and I gave it 19. <laughs> and he's a gay icon. You called him a drag. Go ahead. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> um, so, but I still think that this is absolutely a must do, uh, when you're there, especially cause it never doesn't have a line. Um, it isn't a weird part of the park though. It's in like a corner. Yeah. So like, you kind of have to like, want to go to it now. Well, you have to, you have to kind of pass it to get to Batu. Nah. Nah, you can go like straight down through Grand Avenue, like by like Toy Story. Yeah. I don't go that way. Yeah. I know. I go to the left. I by go Muppets. around Echo Lake. Yeah, but then you'd go by like Muppets. Yeah, but I go by Echo Lake and then there's all those arrows, you know, like they say, like go this way towards Batu. Oh. You have to go past the new Olaf meet and greet, and then it's you go past Star Tours and then you're in Batu. Oh, okay. So I mean it's I, I still see it. And they do that whole like that like Jedi training stuff over there and for the kids, yeah, um, I'm not a big fan of that. So what? What was? So what was our final scores on this? Oh, 
We didn't even get into it. No. Um, okay, so our final scores, uh, it did pretty well. Um, I gave it 39 out of 50. You gave it 32 out of 50. It has a total score of 35.5. Wow, so it beat Kilimanjaro, which was at 35 last week. Yeah, but I think that that's appropriate. Okay. It's a better ride than Kilimanjaro. I agree to disagree. Well, see, like, I'm in love with this and you're in love with that. So uh, <laughs> that's how it goes. Uh, how Leave my bitch alone. <laughs> I, it's obvious to me that you do not feel that this is a must-do attraction. All right, here's the thing. I don't... I, just because I don't think an attraction is a must-do doesn't mean that I hate it. I think similar with you with Kilimanjaro. You said it's not a must-do, but yeah. it doesn't mean that you don't think it's a good ride. Oh, no, I no. I... I it's not a, It's not something where I'm going to be heartbroken if I miss it. But, I mean, I think I've ridden it probably maybe almost every time I've been to that park. But not. But I'm not like, it's on the list. It's going to beat out. It's not beating out the Falcon. It's not beating out Tower. Those are must-dos. All right, question for you. Do they find a way to work it into your storyline at the, at the Disney Star Wars Hotel when you come into Batuu? Do they find a way to like work that Star Wars ride into your day, or do they just pretend that it's the redheaded stepchild and like not talk about it? It's the redheaded stepchild and not talk about it. I feel like that's how they're treating it. I don't. I. I this is gonna make you very upset. I have a weird feeling that's not gonna. That ride is not gonna be there forever. I think that ride is gonna be the next tram. <laughs> I do. I don't. I think that they're. I think they're keeping it there, but I think that it's it's going away. All right. What are you putting in its place? Well, I'm not gonna. I. I that's like horrible. Um. But I. I think that with where it is, I think that they would probably put. Um. They'd probably make that whole section maybe something animation related or indie i think indie's maybe. got a new a new movie coming out maybe i don't know i mean i'm not saying they're tearing it down anytime soon but i just don't see it as being there you heard it here first folks adrian thinks it's coming down next year <laughs> breaking news better go ride ddn quick. news jack i just think it's not going to be it's not going to be in the park forever that's my prediction Look, I, I i mean i you're you're probably right it's been there um you know, there's uh, there's two attractions that are near opening day attractions, and it's that and uh, Indiana Jones. Those are the two, the only two that are left. Everything else, yeah, and everything else has been replaced. That's uh, pretty sad. I mean, and and I think they're they're replacing that, even that Little Mermaid show that that was an opening day, and that's getting that's leaving. I think that wasn't an opening day, but it was. Uh, I think within the first couple of years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that is pretty sad that that there's no opening day attractions. So I I don't know, but I think I think the thing with movies is that like in order to ride the movies, they have to be movies that people have seen and that are relevant. And I think Indiana Jones. Yeah, sure, I'm with you. Is it is it still relevant? Who who knows? I guess we'll see how the you know the. What's your favorite Indiana Jones installment? So it was always uh, it was always Temple of Doom, but I recently saw it and it wasn't as fun as I remember. So, Last Crusade, right? Uh, th- that's like the third one. 
That's the one with Sean Connery. Yeah, fuck that one. I love that one. It's the only one I watch. I watch it over and over again. Yeah? I love that one. I with think the I'm, Holy I'm probably, I guess I'm probably Raiders. I guess I'm probably Raiders. Okay. Um, we'll get into that on the Indiana Jones episode. Yeah, when we do the stunt um, spectacular. All right, so this ride did pretty good, I would say, for an old ride. That's yeah, probably 35, 35.5, so 36 points. Uh, Adrian, how long would you wait for this ride? Would you rate, Would you wait more than the 10 minutes that it's going to be at? Like I, I, like I said, I don't mind the queue, so I'd probably wait 20 minutes. Okay. I waited 40 minutes last time I rode this in, uh, in Disneyland, and I was okay with that. Yeah. Uh, all right, so how drunk are you on a scale of Chewbacca to Han? I think I'm C3P. Oh, look, my drink is empty. All right. <laughs> Dad jokes. I'm coming in at a porg because I'm uh, just wobbly enough and I feel pretty cute. I was going to say Greedo because I need another drink. Oh. I got a bunch of puns. They're all floating in the head. And you got shot first. <laughs> <laughs> all right well that's our that's our show everybody uh the dark ride is presented by drunk history and is available every wednesday uh every wednesday on youtube itunes stitcher and wherever podcasts are available the show is free but you can always pay us by simply liking and subscribing maybe giving us a five-star rating and a quick review those really help we've had a couple um recent five-star ratings thank you so much everybody um and uh yeah keep that going it'll uh, it'll really help our uh you know, help us uh, get seen and heard. Uh, you know, you can also help us out by just telling a fellow Disney parks loving friend to listen. Uh, feel free to please hit us up at drunkdistory at gmail.com for, you know, comments. And uh, you want to send us a mug or something. That's, that's the perfect place to do that. Uh, also, you can, um, you should definitely follow us on Instagram uh, for lots of great Disney parks content uh, at drunk distory lately. Uh, Adrian has been killing it in the meme game. I think the last set of memes that just went up were uh, were Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, Alice in Wonderland. I, I did a bunch of animals for Kilimanjaro. Yeah, we, yeah, we did a bunch. Oh, we got all the Flo- we got all the Florida Man ones that you did. We, yeah. have, we have a lot of good stuff. Yeah, we got there. a lot of good stuff going up. A lot of great uh, Disney Park memes. Uh, so that's at Drunk Distory. Um, thank you so much for joining us, and remember, always keep your kingdom cool. Thank you.